Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds. My poor little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream. That was Dr. King 60 years ago today, August 28, 1963, in front of the Lincoln Memorial addressing the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom uh, from Reuters. The 1963 march brought more than 250,000 people to the nation's capital to push for an end to discrimination on the basis of race, color, religion, sex, or national origin. Many credit the show of strength with the passage of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. The audio clip, inspiration for today's poll question at Smirconish.com. Here we are 60 years on. So are people judged more by the color of their skin or the content of their character this morning, uh, I was the 78th voter at Smirconish.com. 77% were saying one thing. I wonder if the first 78 in the door were representative of the next several thousand who came after them. I'm always curious about that. So currently we have over 15,400 votes at Smirconish.com, and it is still the same uh, in the lead, but the lead is now seventy point eight seven percent. Very oh seventy okay seven point seventy a seven percent uh, you know difference difference yeah but still a significant lead yeah no doubt hey I wanted to find a guest who could put the march on Washington and the I have a dream speech in context what was going on in the U S civil rights movement sixty years ago now who was M L K then. And when he delivered the speech, did people immediately recognize its significance? I think we've found our person in Christopher Chris Strain, a professor of American studies at the Harriet L. Wilkes Honors College of Florida Athletic University. He's a historian by training. He specializes in recent U.S. history and African-American studies. His research includes civil rights and hate crime and violence in the 60s. He's the author of Four books, most importantly for our purposes, The Long 60s, America, 1955 to 1973. Professor Strain, thanks so much for your time. Can you put me in the moment 60 years ago? What was going on in the country? Good morning, Michael. Glad to be here. Yes. Um, so 1963 was the height of Jim Crow segregation with strict laws separating white folks and black folks in the American South, separate bathrooms, separate water fountains, separate schools, separate everything. These laws had been in place for more than two generations since the late 19th century. There were high levels of black unemployment in 1963, 
menial work that provided African-Americans with only minimal wages and poor job mobility, systematic disenfranchisement, um, and, and Jim Crow sort of hung over everything, this regimented legal arrangement that artificially separated black folks and white folks in ways that they had never been separated before the Civil War. And, of course, these laws and customs could be reinforced by extra-legal violence when African-Americans dared to assert themselves. There was an uptick in lynchings that coincided with the beginnings of the Civil Rights Movement. So this situation in 1963 prompted discussions among groups like the Negro American Labor Council, the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, or SCLC, which was Dr. King's organization, the Congress of Racial Equality, CORE, and the Student Nonviolence Coordinating Committee, uh, SNCC, S-N-C-C, pronounced SNCC, who together discussed a large-scale march for political and economic justice in 1962 when these groups began seeking permits for a march in Washington, D.C. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait. You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. Was he intended to be the headliner? Did he steal the show or some combination thereof? So, so Dr. King was, was, that's a great question. Dr. King was already an established civil rights activist and a spokesman, having, having led the Montgomery bus boycott in 1955 and 1956. And so by 1963, in, in the wake of the Little Rock crisis in 1957, um, in, after the sit-ins in 1960, the Freedom Rides in 1961, the desegregation of the University of Mississippi by James Meredith in 1962, and SCLC's Project C, which earlier in 1963 had challenged uh, 
white power in Birmingham, Alabama, which many people viewed as the most segregated city in the South. Protest actions were in full swing, and Dr. King had become the somewhat reluctant figurehead and spokesman of a mass movement that was challenging white supremacy across the region. He had already been arrested several times for protesting. In fact, he had been arrested in Birmingham in April when he wrote his famous letter from Birmingham jail just three months before coming to Washington for the march on, on Washington. So he was a known quantity. I think it's fair to say that he, he was the headliner. His speech was one of several delivered at the, um, at the event, which brought together a range of speakers and performers, uh, singers, Joan Baez, Bob Dylan were there, actors like Ossie Davis and, and Ruby Dee. Uh, Daisy Lee Bates, who was an activist who managed the Little Rock crisis in 1957, uh, the NAACP president, Roy Wilkins, National Urban League president, Whitney Young, were all there. Also, a young John Lewis representing SNCC. Um, they all spoke and were present, but I, I think it's fair to say that Dr. King was the headliner. He was known and recognized as a dynamic speaker, um, and but he also at the same time did kind of steal the show in 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 your words. So at the we're, event, we're roughly a year beyond the assassination of JFK. Dr. King is going to live for another roughly four years. Same with Bobby Kennedy. It's a very turbulent time. How how pivotal to the passage of the Civil Rights Act, which I referenced earlier, was this gathering of a quarter million people? Would the Civil Rights Act have been passed, I guess, is a more focused question, but for the March on Washington? Yeah, um, this this speech was was critical uh, in getting that legislation passed in in uh, propelling JFK to write the bill. I think because this speech, and we can talk more about the speech itself, but I think because it's so familiar, so so ubiquitous, and today in a lot of ways so non-threatening, it's easy to forget how radical it was. King delivered this speech, you know, before all of the landmark civil rights legislation of the 60s, before the 1964 Civil Rights Act that outlawed segregation in businesses and banned discrimination in employment, before the 65 Voting Rights Act that ensured the right to vote, before the Immigration and Naturalization Act of 1965 that abolished the, the national origins quota. So the, the theme of this speech, which is racial integration, was still a terrifying prospect to many white Americans, not only in the South, but across the nation. And it was terrifying because King not only imagined people rubbing elbows with those who are different from one another, but also sharing power, sharing governance, and sharing resources. Most listeners remember the harmony and brotherhood evoked at the end of the speech. But in the first half of the speech, King talked about, in his words, the fierce urgency of now and the whirlwinds of revolt. And he predicted there will be neither rest nor tranquility in America until the Negro is granted his citizenship rights. Professor, um, I'm glad so, that I'm glad that you referenced yes. this because in my my daily newsletter today, where I aggregate 20 links that I hope people will pay attention to, instead of going with something that characterized the speech, I went with the transcript 
because I read it over the weekend and I thought, geez, it's those final several paragraphs that and I and look, I fell into this trap, too. What was the soundbite that I greeted you with? We played the most mm-hmm. iconic part of the whole speech. But when you to your point, when you go back and you, you read how it all begins, it's quite a different tone, isn't it? It is. The beginning of the speech is very different from the second half. And and the and you know, what's interesting to me, one of the things that's interesting about this speech which is memorized by you know school children across the United States. It's taught in colleges and seminaries. It's taught in speech and debate and in rhetoric and composition as a as a paragon of effective oratory. Um, and it, it not only laid out the need for a comprehensive civil rights bill, but it also articulated a constructive vision of multicultural coexistence, an ideal of American pluralism, toward which we've been. Sort of striving and and fumbling ever since. Um, it was an instantly historic speech, if that phrasing means anything, and it was recognized then as now as as one of the best public addresses in history for both its content and its delivery. It it compares favorably to monumental speeches by other modern U.S. leaders such as Franklin Delano Roosevelt, John F. Kennedy, Ronald Reagan. There was a group of um, over a hundred scholars that gathered in 1999 to rank the top speeches of the 20th century. And they ranked King's speech number one, higher than FDR's, you know, December 7th, 1941 date, which will live an infamy war message to Congress at the beginning of World War II, higher than JFK's 1961, ask not what your country can do for you, inaugural address. And there's reasons for that. I mean, it evokes the great documents of American history. It evokes the Declaration and the Constitution and great patriotic songs such as My Country Tis of Thee. But it also evokes scripture, right? Amos chapter 5, verse 24, until justice rolls down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 4, the rough places will be made plain and the crooked places will be made straight. So it's, it's language and imagery and repetition and cadence and flow and crescendo and finish have been imitated, but, but never duplicated. Um, but what I started to say was one of the remarkable things about the speech to me is that there's something there for everyone. When Dr. King said, now's the time to make justice a reality for all of God's children, African-Americans and other racial and ethnic minorities rejoiced. When he said, let us not seek to satisfy our thirst for freedom by drinking from the cup of bitterness and hatred. White folks exhaled. You know, Christians appreciated his appeal to biblical scripture. White liberals gravitated toward his words of peace. And conservatives appreciated his moderation. You know, one of the most quoted and repeated lines from that speech is the one that you led your, your segment with at the top of the hour. Um, I have a dream that my four children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their their character. That particular language has become a kind of touchstone for conservatives who feel that it justifies their opposition to social justice initiatives and anything that they deem to be identity politics. That That phrasing has suggested to some that Dr. King would support a conservative vision of a colorblind society that ignores race in hiring or in college admissions, for example. A famous book published in 1990 by Shelby Steele called The Content of Our Character, Borrowing King's Language. And in that book, he talks about his opposition to affirmative action, 
and how the civil rights movement encouraged victimization and entitlement. Uh, so all of this can be seen as part of a larger battle to control and even co-opt I, King's I, legacy. I really, I really appreciate By the way, this is Christopher Strain. Chris Strain is a professor of American Studies at the Harriet L. Wilkes Honors College of Florida Atlantic University. Earned his Ph.D. at the University of California at Berkeley. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. This is Christopher Strain. Chris Strain is a professor of American studies at the Harriet L. Wilkes Honors College of Florida Atlantic University. We we tend to, it's funny, you mentioned those other iconic speeches. We tend to credit the speaker and often overlook who wrote the words. In the case of this speech, did he both write and deliver it? He did. Uh, he, that's, a, that's a question of some contention among historians. Uh, his biographers, David Garrow and, and others, have talked about uh, how some of his public addresses were, were ghostwritten. He, he did have help uh, and he had assistance. Um, he borrowed from other ministers. Um, Bayard Rustin, who was a close associate uh, of, of his, who actually did most of the planning for the March on Washington, uh, was always at his elbow and, and helped. But Dr. King was quite capable of, of writing his own speeches. What he was short on oftentimes was time because he was being hustled from place to place from protest action to protest action across the South. Um, I, it's my understanding that he actually had a very careful speech laid out. And the second half of the speech, uh, he, he actually began to ad-lib a bit, set his notes aside, and just speak from the heart. And of course, that's, impressive. The, that's, as you mentioned, the part of this yeah. speech is very impressive. And that's the part yeah. of the speech we remember the most. Dr. Strain, that was excellent. Thank you so, so much. I really appreciate your expertise. You were the perfect person to have here today. Great. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. Chris Strain from Florida Atlantic University. Ladies and gentlemen, go vote at today's poll question where I am asking you, where are we? Are people judged more by the color of their skin or the content of their character? Tom, you most wanted to say what in Chicago? It, uh, it's hard to reconcile for me 
uh, a merit-based system, which on the face of it is wonderful, with the bias that exists towards the minorities, that is super well documented. And so while it's a great ideal to only have a merit-based system, the system just isn't set up for that. It's very counterintuitive to make that argument. Daniel Markovitz does it well in, in the book of his, The Meritocracy Trap. I'm like, wait a minute, what? what's wrong with meritocracy? Meritocracy to me is rewarding achievement. How could we not be rewarding achievement? Read his book and or listen to my book club podcast and you'll get the 20-minute summation. Chad, you're in Atlanta. You most wanted to say what? I wanted to say, Michael, that it is just now starting to change 60 years later. And as my point of reference, I used 30 years ago when I was in college, there were zero black members in the traditional, in air quotes, uh, white fraternities. When I went, I went back for homecoming last year, and it's 30 to 40 percent across all of those same fraternities of multi-race membership. I think it is finally starting to change 60 years later. Your point is it is it has taken that long. This is Lynn in Richmond, Virginia. You most wanted to say what? Uh, the most important thing that uh, Dr. King would have emphasized is voting rights. We have to vote. We need to remove restrictions away from voting rights. I live in Virginia. I get to vote September 22nd in our upcoming legislative off-year election, which everybody's being reelected. It's so important. It's so important. Please vote. We need to remove restrictions. Maine, Vermont, D.C. do not take away voting for felonies. You know what I mean, Michael. We got to vote. It'll. Oh, I, it'll I want. I want everybody voting. I. When we all vote, we water down the fringes. I'm. I'm for everybody getting in the pool. Obviously, maintaining ballot security and so forth. But, but yeah, I want everybody voting. And if you paid your debt to society, and if we're really going to make you whole as a citizen, you get to vote too. John, you're in Arizona. You most wanted to say what? Hey, good morning, Michael. Uh, I just want to say, you know, first of all, uh, I'm named for Martin Luther King Jr. I was born in the fifth oh, anniversary of his assassination. Nice. Um, but we're judged by both in this country. It's color first, it's character second. The first thing you see when a black person walks in the room is the color of their skin. And there are stereotypes associated with that. Only after you get to know a person, you judge them by the content of their character. Well, um, and I hate, hate TC out. The, yeah. the 12 in at Bristol is referring to beers. <laughs> oh, it is? Uh, think the, about it. 12 in at Bristol's refer. It's a case of beer. Or okay. Half a, case. half a case. Yeah. All right. I did not know that. I'm learning lots of things today. Thank you for that. By the way, 70% of those responding at Smirconish.com agreeing with you. Nick, you're in Buffalo, New York. What did you most want to say? Hey, Michael. I was scrolling through your uh, your newsletter today. Um, I noticed your blind spot was about the uh, Ibram X. Kennedy and Vivek Ramaswamy comments. Right. I was wondering, um, I think we are doing better in the country for Martin Luther King's uh, vision. Um, I thought it was great. And like the, I grew up in the late nineties. I was, I was, uh, I'm very young. I'm not like your age or anything like that. Um, and what, what does that I, I mean? Just, Jesus. I think, that, I think, I think that CRT, I think that Ibram X Kennedy's push for more, um, more discrimination and it is, is going against, Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, vision. And I think that um, the CRT programs um, are, are doing a disservice to his legacy. Got it. By the way, ground news, for those who don't know, is something that is in every day's newsletters. What's being missed from the left? 
What is being missed from the right? So today's ground news for the left, the Florida shooter bought guns legally. From the right, the abortion battle now shifts to New Mexico. And it's just like a final check on on my effort to provide some balance in each day's newsletter. Dan, Collegeville, Pennsylvania, you most wanted to say what? Uh, ever since Obama got elected, we've been backwards in in the area of civil rights. How do I know that? Republicans since then have been trying to take away voting rights. They were successful with it in the Shelby case. In three different states, Republicans, or excuse me, courts have found Republicans were guilty of racist gerrymandering to disenfranchise black vote. This is currently going on. They're trying to take away our right to vote. They're trying to, to, to eliminate black history, and things are moving backwards. Dan, I, I, fear you're, I fear you're correct, and I thank you for your call. The Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.